are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. All right, 2 Chronicles chapter number 26, verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 6, and I want to give you the thought God's laid on my heart for tonight. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse number 1. You hear all those Bible pages turning and see the dust rising. Second Chronicles is in the Old Testament, verse number 1, chapter 26. The Bible says, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father, Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper." Now, there's two phrases, and they're very similar, that I want you to notice in verse number 5. The Bible says that the nation under this young man, this 16-year-old king, when he begins to reign, was a blessed nation. The hand of God was on the nation. The blessings of God were flowing. And the key to that, the prosperity they enjoyed, is found in this characteristic of Uzziah's life, and it's mentioned twice in verse 5, and here's the phrase. The Bible says, he sought God. And then at the end of the verse, the Bible makes the statement again, he sought the Lord. So there's a connection here between this young man who sought God and the blessings of God upon the nation. There's a connection here between a king who sought after righteousness and the blessings of God being poured out upon his generation. For a little while this evening, I want to speak to you on this thought. If God used that man then who would seek after him to bless his nation, don't you think God would smile on a church, a nation, a family, a Christian school, a youth group that would seek after him in this generation? For just a few moments, I want to preach on this thought. We need a seeker for the sake of this generation. And I'm praying, whether you're 16 years old or 60 years old, that you would allow God to speak to your heart tonight and that maybe you'd come to an altar, sign your name uh, to that list, an enlist tonight to be a seeker for the sake of our generation. Let's go to the Lord for a word of prayer. Lord, I pray you speak to our hearts. God, from the pulpit to the back row, I pray that you'd arrest our attention tonight. I pray that we would focus upon this truth and that you would stir I pray for every young man, every young lady that you would speak to their heart especially. But Lord, I also pray for every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every Christian here tonight that you'd speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to seek after you diligently, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1872 in London, there was a woman by the name of Marianne Adler. Marianne Adler was bedfast because of illness. She was unable to attend services at her church, but she did resolve to pray every day that God would send revival to her church. 
Marianne Adler got a publication. In fact, the name of the publication was Revival. And she was reading that paper, and it mentioned a preacher by the name of D.L. Moody. She did not know D.L. Moody. She'd never met D.L. Moody. But she began to pray that this American preacher would come to her town there outside of London and preach in her church and that God might send revival to her people. She began to earnestly pray. It just so happened that D.L. Moody decided to take a vacation in Europe. It just so happened. And it just so happened that D.L. Moody decided to visit London. It just so happened. And it just so happened that D.L. Moody decided to attend the church that was the home church of a lady by the name of Marianne Adler, even though she cannot attend. D.L. Moody walked in unexpected and unannounced and sat there in the pew, and the pastor saw him. And of course, he didn't feel much like preaching when he saw D.L. Moody sitting in the pew. So he asked D.L. Moody to come forward and preach impromptu that day in his service. D.L. Moody just happenstance, you know, nothing like God was in it or anything, but D.L. Moody just happened to get in the pulpit and preach that day, and many church members were saved by the grace of God, and the meeting took off, and over 400 new members were added to that church in the following weeks because a great revival took place. D.L. Moody said that it intrigued him. He'd never seen anything like it before. And so he began to inquire and try to find out the reason that that had happened. And he said that his search took him to a little house and a bedroom where a little girl, uh, bedfast because of illness, was praying and seeking God for revival in her church. Now, I'm glad tonight that God sought for me. Like Saul of Tarsus, I was lost in sin, and thank God he sought for me. Like the maniac of Gadara, I was in bondage, if you will, and he sought for me. Like Lazarus, I was dead in trespasses and in sins, but thank God he sought for me. The hymn says, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. God the Father created man and then sought to fellowship with him. God the Son died for sinners, then seeks to save sinners. God the Holy Spirit indwells us, and he seeks to conform us into the image of Christ. Can I say tonight, our God is a seeker. Our Savior is a seeker. The Holy Spirit is a seeker. And I'm convinced tonight that God smiles upon, God blesses, and God will use someone who follows his example and earnestly seeks after God. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know we'd have no heroes in Hebrews 11 to read about had we not had some men and women who followed the principle put forth in Hebrews 11 verse 6, and they determined by faith to diligently seek after God. Can I say Noah was a seeker? Enoch was a seeker. Abraham was a seeker. Colossians 3.1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And in this era of Christianity, 
where it seems like the average Christian is wrapped up in seeking dollars and they're caught up in seeking comfort and they're at ease in the world and seeking after popularity and just kind of biding time till Jesus comes. Can I say I believe it's time that we had a young lady, maybe a young man, that we had a mother, a father, just a saved individual that would get hungry and get a desire and get a burden to earnestly seek after the Lord. We need to marry an Adler in our generation. We need an Abraham in our generation. We need an Enoch in our generation. We need a Noah in our generation. We need someone who would get a hunger tonight to earnestly thirst, hunger, seek after God. Let me say this, pride, let me stop and call time out and ask if you young guys would just pay attention when I preach. It would really help me if you wouldn't talk while I preach. Pride is a poisonous thing. Pride can cripple the Christian life. The most sincere motives are tainted by pride. Whenever we consider the life of Uzziah, sadly, when we go to the end of his life, it's a testimony of just how terrible pride can be in a man's life. Uzziah is a man who is blessed, but he'll be broken by his pride. He's a man who promotes righteousness, but he'll fall into sin because of pride. As a young man, he sought after God. But because of pride, he'll overstep the boundaries of God and he'll find himself uh, coming down with leprosy. What a lesson it is for us that you and I ought to quickly snuff out any flame of pride that begins to burn and blaze in our heart. Uzziah was blessed by God. He'd grown very strong, the Bible said in verse 16. And because of his prosperity, pride rises up in his life. At the end of his life, Uzziah goes to the temple. He enters into an area that was off limits to him. Now, he's a king, but he's not a priest. He has rights to the throne, but not to the holy place. Uzziah decides to take incense and burn it upon the altar. He doesn't care what God has said. He's so full of pride and self. He enters into the holy place, and as he does, I'm glad that the high priest speaks up and 80 other men of God with him, and they stand against the king. They tell the king that that altar is not yours. That's set aside for those consecrated to the service of the priesthood. Uzziah is so filled with pride, he doesn't listen to the preacher. And he uh, uh, stretches out his hand. And when he does, the Bible says he's stricken with leprosy in his forehead. Can I say, that is a very uh, stark warning to you and I. There is no place for pride in the Christian life. Can I say you and I are just sinners saved by the grace of God? You might have an expensive sport coat or a nice dress on tonight, but can I say you and I are nothing but sinners saved by the grace of God? And I am what I am tonight, not because of what I've done or who I am, but because of God and His goodness and His mercy and His grace in my life. Now, I'm glad Uzziah, he might have ended wrong, but thank God he at least started well. And there is a statement made at the beginning of his life that I think can be a help and a blessing and a challenge to our hearts this evening. Uzziah took the throne at a very young age. Now, can you imagine the weight that is now laid upon his shoulders? This young man, he's 16 years old. He has to make all the day-to-day decisions for his nation. He has to determine policy and the direction of his people. He has to meet all these various needs, and he's just a teenager. He was crowned before he would even be old enough to vote or drive a car in our country today. 
Think about it. He didn't have much experience. He did not have much training. He hadn't led a family. He hadn't led a wife, let alone a nation. And now he's placed on the throne. But what I like about Uzziah is this. In spite of all the difficulties and in spite of the odds stacked against him, the Bible says the nations prospered and saw revival under the reign of King Uzziah. Under Uzziah, 16 years old, the nation was strengthened. The enemies were subdued and God blessed under this young man. He wasn't a mighty man of war. He wasn't a wise old prophet. He wasn't a seasoned soldier. He was Simply a young man that set his heart to diligently seek after God. I think that's the key. It's seen in verse number five and it's mentioned twice. The Bible says he sought God. And then again, he sought the Lord. That kind of sounds out of character for a teenager, doesn't it? Sort of strange for a young man. But can I say, Uzziah was not the expected. Thank God he was the exception. He did not have enough understanding to rule, so what did he do? He sought the one who had all wisdom. He did not have the power to rule, so what did he do? He sought the one who has all power. He wasn't uh, old enough to have uh, too much direction in life, so he sought the one who is from everlasting. He took the throne, but he didn't seek power or popularity. He didn't even politic for position necessarily. Uzziah simply sought God, and when he sought God, God made him prosper. Now, I want to say this just as a caveat, a parenthetical statement. I just feel a bit like preaching because I've been preaching to teenagers all week and they can take preaching. Hmm. He sought the same God that his father sought. He didn't seek a new God. He didn't seek an edgy God. He didn't seek a God he manipulated and made up in his own mind. He didn't seek a God that fit in with the culture. He sought the same God his dad sought. He thought, you know what? If it was good enough for our fathers, then it's good enough for me. And can I just call time out and say, that's still true in our generation. We don't have to seek some new, edgy, marketing, manufactured, synthetic God based upon trend and culture, but the God of the Bible, the God of our forefathers that was good enough for them. Can I say he's still good enough for us in 2020? The God that sent revival is still good enough today. The God who saved us is still good enough today. The God who gave us the Bible is still good enough today. Now, no doubt the tendency of a young man in a big position would be to seek after things and do things that might could hurt his reputation, but not Uzziah. He sought God. He wanted his counsel. He knew he had to have his power. He needed God's direction and God's wisdom He sought the Lord. And let me apply this. Tonight we live in a nation in desperate need. For you not to agree with that would mean you don't have an internet connection, a television, or common sense. But without question tonight, we live in a nation in desperate need. If you watch the news and watch current events, how applicable that is, with rockets being fired from Iran into Iraq at our air bases... And we understand there were no casualties and it was just so they could go back to their people and flex their muscle a little bit. But can I say that we're just that close? Hello? Our nation's in desperate need. We talked about it today in chapel. Our nation's in desperate need whenever a lawmaker in the state of New York could uh, legislate where we can abort babies after they're born. And those wicked, corrupt politicians would stand there and applaud it like it was a heroic action. Can I say we're in desperate need? I read an article the other day on social media, so I know it's true. 
But anyway, I read an article the other day, and, and it is true. A pastor in China got put in, in prison, I think, for nine years because he would not cease to preach the gospel, it said. And can I say that? You say, well, that's over there. Yeah, but that'll be over here before long. Our nation's one election away from that kind of stuff happening here. I mean, you watch the news and you see the different reports of uh, the kind of people, the kind of uh, uh, individuals they allow to go to public schools and public libraries and sit down with young people and indoctrinate them and read books to them. And then you let a preacher go and stand outside and protest and they put the preacher in jail. Can I say our nation's in a mess? They legislate that which is abominable and now you preach on that kind of stuff in a Bible-believing church and it gets so tight because we've been so indoctrinated by what we watch on TV. Our nation's in a mess tonight. Perversity being pushed and green policies being promoted. And I'm not against conservation. I'm just against paying more taxes for stuff that doesn't work. You can vote for me in November. But anyway, uh, corruption being celebrated. Church is just a handful of people away from closing. Uh, we get so mad at the younger generation for not wanting old-time religion. But can I say the average church I go to in America, you'd have to be crazy to want to go to that place. It's dead in a hammer. There's four old ladies there, dust coming off the pipe organ. I mean, the carpet's from the 50s, and they go there like a funeral for Jesus. I wouldn't want to go there either. Can I say, that's where we're at in America. We desperately need somebody to get a hunger and a burden to break out of status quo and business as usual and like every other dead church in town and say, if nobody else will, I'm going to seek after God for the sake of my generation. We've not even seen what God could do. We've not seen what God wants to do. And can I say, my heart breaks tonight and my heart burns tonight for our nation. Over the last decade, we traveled over a million miles. And I don't know how many nights I was home. I know one, one year I was only home uh, uh, 90 days out of the year. Spent a lot of time sleeping at rest stops on the side of a highway somewhere in a cheap hotel alone. Driving through the night. Just begging God to do something in our generation. Driving down the road asking God, God, is this all we're ever going to see in my lifetime? Is this it? Just these kind of show up and go through the routine and go to the house kind of meetings. Is that it? Is this all we, that we're going to get in our generation? Can you not do for us what you did for them? We need someone to be a seeker tonight. Can I say it doesn't matter your IQ. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't even matter your age. If you just get a hunger for God, what God might, would do through your life. Seekers have been shepherds and seekers have been soldiers and seekers have been prophets and priests and kings and common people. I think about David. David didn't seek to kill Goliath. He was seeking God and God opened the door for him to kill the giant. Noah didn't seek to build an ark. He was seeking God and God opened the door for him to build the biggest boat ever been built at that time. Think about that. Uh, Daniel didn't seek. Daniel didn't seek to have to pray in the lion's den. He was seeking God, and God gave him an opportunity to show himself mighty. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't seek to walk through the fiery furnace, but they were seeking God, and God gave them opportunity to see that he'll show up with you in the fire. Peter didn't seek to preach on Pentecost. He was seeking God, and God opened the door for him to preach that great revival meaning at Pentecost. And can I say, if you'd seek God, or you'd seek God, or you'd seek God, or you'd seek God, or you ladies would seek God, or we would seek God as a church, what might God God do and the doors he would open if we'd get hungry and seek after him. It's like Jonathan Edwards preaching that sermon, and I probably mentioned it here before, where he preached sinners in the hands of an angry God. 
And the Great Awakening was sort of sparked there in New England. But for three days and three nights before he preached, he was alone in his prayer closet, fasting and begging God, seeking God, saying, Lord, if I would give you Jonathan Edwards, would you give me New England? If I would give you Jonathan Edwards, would you give me New England? And then what happened? He got in the pulpit and preached, and God took Jonathan Edwards and gave him New England in return. Why? Because he sought after God. Let me ask you something. For the sake of those lost in our generation, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those who are hurting in our generation, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those in bondage to sin in our generation, would you be a seeker? For the sake of those who are discouraged, would you be a seeker? For the sake of our church and our city and our state and our nation, would you be a seeker? I'm not looking for the next big name preacher. We don't need the next great singer. Not looking for the next this, that, or the other famous athlete. I just want somebody who'd humble themselves and hunger for God and say, Lord, I just want you for the sake of my generation. I'm afraid we pray because we seek answers, but God wants us to pray seeking Him. I'm afraid we go to church seeking entertainment, but wouldn't it be great if we go to church seeking Him? I think we serve seeking results, but God wants us to serve seeking after Him. We go soul winning seeking souls, but God would much rather us go soul winning seeking after Him. We stay clean because we seek His power, but I think God wants you to stay clean because you're seeking after Him. We kind of sing sometimes, maybe to seek applause, but God just wants you to sing seeking Him. I don't want to preach seeking response. I want to preach because I'm seeking Him. I don't want to fall uh, into that crowd like Paul said, all men seek their own and not the things of Christ. I don't care about fame and fortune. So so much as I know I need God in my life. My marriage needs God and my family needs God and my little boy needs to see God and I know our church needs to see God manifest himself and God knows our city needs to see God to be real and lifted up. How's that going to happen? We're going to have to seek after God. Philippians 3.10, Paul says this. What do you want, Paul? After three and a half decades of preaching, 35 years or so in the ministry, what is it you'd like to have? What do you want? Here's what he said. I may know him. He said, if Jesus were the atmosphere, I'd breathe in as much as I could. If Jesus were the banquet table before me, I'd eat everything on the table. If Jesus were the ocean, I'd dive to the bottom. If Jesus were a garment, I'd wrap myself from shoulders to foot. Man, more and more about Jesus. That's what I want, and that's what I want to know. Bob Jones Sr. said, it's one thing to know that God is. Another thing to know the God that is. And I want to know more than that he is. I want to know the one who is. Seek God early. The Bible says those who seek him early will find him. Seek him diligently. Seek him sincerely. I think about the president of Argentina who was talking to an ambassador from America and saying, the ambassador from America was saying, our nation's been so blessed and it seems like uh, South America has been str is struggling. What do you think the difference is? And the president of Argentina said, South America was founded by soldiers seeking gold. North America was founded by pilgrims seeking God. Why does God bless a church? Why does God send revival? Why does God use a life? Because somewhere along the way, somebody drives a stake in the ground and resolves, I'm going to seek God. Tonight, this altar's open. It's like an enlistment office right here. I wonder if you'd sign up to seek him this evening. You don't have to be this, that, or the other. I just want you to be someone who hungers after God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. 
For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.